0: Looking upon these frail creatures
1: one would not think that they could contain such power one could rule the universe with it You must find them for me and destroy them
0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of movies that whip I am gooey joined as always by Adriel How's it going, buddy?
1: I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I, um, I, I'm, darkness is my destroyer, and I am. No, uh Sunlight is my destroyer. Excuse me. Sorry, Darkness is my name. Sunlight is you my destroyer. You are Darkness.
0: <laughs> Hello, I am Darkness. Sunlight is my destroyer. Yeah,
1: Adriel's not here. I just at wanna the let moment. you know. <laughs> um, I'm doing awesome. I'm I I woke up so excited to talk about this movie.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's been uh well, it's been a minute since I've watched it and I've been uh you know, I've been thinking about it a lot since we watched uh Legend. From 1985. That's our our topic for today. Um, before we get into it, I want to say really quick that since we went ahead and made our own feed <laughs> for this podcast for this show, um, we're we're still we're a virtual theater official podcast. We fall. Let's say mm-hmm. we fall under that umbrella uh, from a vibes perspective, but oh yeah, because of um because uh, our. Our host and my co-host, uh, Andy, is so generous. Uh, he is now hosting us on the SPNet uh, podcast network. And Heck so we can yeah. make as many feeds as we'd like. So we decided let's just make one separate for Movies That Whip. So if you're a Movies That Whip fan, you can go and subscribe in your own podcast feed. So this is the last one. We're put- I'm going to put this one on the virtual theater feed but this is going to be the last one uh, after that we're on our own we're just going to be floating out there in the
1: in the wilderness you know,
0: <laughs> hopefully we've picked up some fans over time and we'll see you know you know you jump we could, over to there
1: we could uh we could get going on blue sky since we are no longer uh on twitter well, i've never been on twitter because I
0: yeah do you want I, a blue sky code when sh- I get one
1: I don't know should I do a blue sky I don't know I'm a, yeah, little, I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit scared of I'm not scared of it I'm not scared but I uh I don't know what I'm gonna do with it but let's why not sure
0: I'll yeah I'll get one in like a week here's the thing is right now it's just like there's obviously other people on it uh but right now you'll probably just only encounter our friends <laughs> so Sweet. it might be kind of fun
1: that's the that's exactly the vibe i want it's kind of like uh like be real i don't know if you have be real but um, uh, i know what it is yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a similar thing where it's just like not everyone's on it you don't really have to interact with anybody it's you know <laughs> but i like it is I public like, like, like everything you post
0: people, is public
1: <laughs> yeah no that's that's yeah. um it seems okay. like you want to get in on the ground floor of these things
0: exactly yeah now is a good time to be on it it might suck you know later or it might completely fail there's been a million of those yeah uh twitter likes that have completely fallen off but I um I don't know I kind of enjoy it I think because um there's just a small amount of our buddies and then also I've made some friends uh like in the video game podcast world through flashback so it's kind of fun to just go on there and uh, kind of have these more I don't know it's it's less Uh, you know I, I w- would sh- show you like insane like film takes all the time from Twitter mm-hmm. like I'm sure that exists there but I just don't encounter it so it's way less of a like look at this fucking crazy ass yeah. <laughs> ass take yeah. you know it's it's just more like I, I see stuff occasionally and I'm like this is dumb and like m- muted or whatever but overall it's just yeah it's just kind of like a nice simple it's nice that's it's cool cute.
1: it doesn't uh, raise our blood pressure yet not yet. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> i'm not yeah i'm not here to uh speak the praises of you know th- it's probably run by a bunch of sickos and all this stuff <laughs> so you know
1: sickos
0: <laughs> i think jack jack from twitter is one of the like main investors in it or something what about so, uh like,
1: what about tom from myspace
0: I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> I did I think I saw him on like Twitter or something like a year ago or whatever. He has the same profile picture. Fuck yeah. So, shout out to Tom Anderson.
1: I think is his name? No, so. it's just Tom, dude. It's just Tom.
0: <laughs> so how do we get here? Oh, we're ta- We have our own feed. Sorry, maybe yeah. we can Maybe hey, what what about this? We can make a movies that whip account. And and you could just look at it, <laughs> or yeah. you could make your own. Yeah, that's we'll, we'll, we'll sort it, it out. We'll
1: figure it out. We could we could do some. I, I I'm more interested in blue sky than Twitter, so maybe we'll we'll start we'll start a on our our new feed and our new blue sky. Yeah, we'll see, we'll okay, see how catch it us feels over there. <laughs> Eventually,
0: we'll have a, we'll have a account there once I get another code. But definitely, if you're listening on virtual theater, I saw some people have already found us on our own pod bean but yeah if you're listening nice. on virtual theater this is going to be the last one so if you want to keep hearing the show go to your wherever you get your podcasts and look for movies that whip it should come up i don't know i mean it's, there's, eas- it's, it's, it's the it...
1: only movies that whip out there
0: google still somewhat works right now though it's it's getting worse by the day i was noticing that as i've been researching um both stuff for this show and for flashback that like googling shit is like kind of annoying now yeah um but i think if you google movies that whip podcast um it should come up actually let's try that right now movies that whip podcast (laughs) boom there you go first thing all right there you're in google that and you'll find our show
1: (laughs) (laughs) awesome all right okay well, now we got all the administrative Legend. things out of the way. <laughs> we're on to the real Legend. deal here.
0: 1985 is the film we're talking, the year we're talking about, uh, by director Ridley Scott. Hell yeah. Um, I didn't make any notes for this one, so we're, we're just kind of going by vibes here.
1: Yeah, well, we have a, <clears throat> a big body of knowledge, uh, I, I think, both of us ha- got, oh. got a little bit like into the lore of the making of this film
0: <laughs> we, and it's gonna be like I don't want to it's hard not to like center now all conversation around that aspect of it but it is like kind of one of the most remarkable things about it you know what I mean yeah. but let's let's actually shout out because we did watch a video that's a really good resource mm-hmm. uh, on this movie, but uh, it's on the channel uh, Movie... How do you say that word? O- Oubliette?
1: Oubliette, yeah.
0: Movie Oubliette, okay. Um, and it's uh, there's a, a YouTube video on that channel called Comparing the Cuts, uh, and it focuses on the fact that this movie had two different... Um, theatrical releases, one in the UK and one in America, and they vary quite differently. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely talk about that, but maybe we should first lay some groundwork. Do we want to say like vaguely like describe the maybe the vibe of the story or like what's, yeah. what is what is this movie, I guess? Let's what, just say what it is. What <laughs> is
1: this movie? Well, mm-hmm. um, it stars um, a very young Tom Cruise. Um yes. it stars uh Mia Sara who is also known from um Time Cop as well yes. as um <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off although she hasn't done like a ton of things but this is like her breakout role and mm-hmm. um the villain is none other than our favorite legend Tim Curry. So yes. um it's an absolute a, legend. He's a I just love Tim Curry so much. Um and the movie uh, is kind of a, um, it's its in the realm of all of those other 1980s fantasy movies at the time, like um, uh, Labyrinth, and Dark Crystal, and Neverending Story, and Willow, and Princess Bride. <laughs> it's like that, that mm, era of high that, uh... fantasy. High fantasy was, was a big deal <laughs> in the 80s. Um, and... I was gonna say
0: a lot of puppets, but there's not really like puppets. It's like make mm. a lot of cool makeup um, effects and Tons stuff. Tons yeah. of cool
1: makeup, lots of like really sick, like even like not cheesy at all. Like it looks awesome, um, mm-hmm. makeup effects uh, in this flick, and um, uh, it's sort of vaguely about unicorns and about. Uh, satan i guess (laughs) yeah he's Uh,
0: darkness but he's really just the satan
1: yeah he is the devil himself um and um two young innocent um friends and lovers and they kind of um it's about trying to retain your innocence um and the power of of sort of being um being pure and making mistakes and um You know the seduction Mm -hmm. of 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 darkness and of like the you know the wrong choices um that's sort of me you know giving it a lot of credit the plot is a a little bit uh what's the word uh (laughs) disjointed the plot's not Uh. as important i'll say that (laughs) you don't really need to know all the beats of the plot just know that there are two innocent uh people uh young people and um she th- there a unif a unicorn is a powerful guy and uh, satan is trying to get the unicorns and the innocent people and eventually uh goodness prevails that's basically mm-hmm.
0: it <laughs> yeah yeah uh i think the the plot that's something that uh that came across in the the different cuts comparison right. that we saw where um I felt, you know, it was like the, uh, the UK one, actually, like, it felt a little bit more, like, um, coherent, yes, I guess. Yes.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent. I, when <laughs> we watched that, that really great video, um, yeah, the UK version and the, and a little bit, the director's cut, there, there are kind the of The director's
0: three, cut even more. Yeah. yeah.
1: There are three versions, um, which is that there's the US version, the UK version, and then the, the director's cut, which came out, you know, of course, much later. Um, but in the UK, the the one that makes the least sense is the US version, <laughs> like by yeah, far. Yeah, which,
0: <laughs> which is funny because it starts with this big, like, explainer type thing. I was actually okay before I knew about the different cuts, though when watching it, um, I noticed, like, I, I did feel like a couple scenes I was like, this, like, line of dialogue feels like disjointed. And then when I was watching that video comparison, like, there was a specific... can't remember which one but like uh, a bit of dialogue they showed in that I'm like oh they did cut out like a part of it you know (laughs) (laughs) which is it's strange it's strange they do that because they wanted to create a like a leaner movie that moves faster and they like they took things and like rearranged them to like get to like the violence early and stuff but I it's funny because Ridley Scott even is quoted as saying, like, American audiences aren't sophisticated. Yeah. But I kind of think what they did here is they, like, I, I was okay with it because I kind of liked how, like, just weird and mysterious it all kind of ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it all made, like, it all, like, made enough sense to me anyways. But it's like they cut out, like, almost, like, important moments that I'm like, I feel like this would confuse an American audience more than anything sure if, if you know what i mean yeah
1: i mean i think that um it's <clears throat> it seems like kind of comparing the different versions that like they cut out little moments as opposed to like entire uh scenes um and i i don't mm-hmm. know if <laughs> from an editing of pers- a, a, a copy editing perspective right it's weird to do that because it doesn't actually like uh reduce the word count all that much but it actually like. Um, it betrays the meaning a lot right so there are a couple of (laughs) Mm -hmm. couple of parts that i think like maybe that line should have stayed in there because it made all of their motivations make way more sense um and then like oh they they could have just cut out i don't know one minute of the fairy doing whatever the fuck the fairy was doing which was not super important you know um so I don't know. I, I it's some some interesting some interesting plot cuts were made. I mean, when I was watching it um, with my friends, I watched it on this like really big giant TV in the dark in my friend's house in Pennsylvania, and um, mm-hmm. he he was kind of like, wait, but why is the. And then it was just like, never mind, it doesn't matter. Like, it's, it's, and he wasn't saying that dismissively. He just was like, you know what? It doesn't, it it truly, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, I don't have to, um, like, how come everyone else was frozen, but her, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't need to know. It's okay. Mm. (laughs) Um, But I think that some of, you know, there are some other parts that, that really would have genuinely benefited from the character's motivations. And then, you know, the, the resulting cause and effect that happens.
0: Yeah, de- cuz I definitely I got the sense they were kind of going for um, you know, like a more a classic fairy tale uh, almost uh epic storyline, you know, but um right. it it wasn't until I like understood the the um the different version that I was like, "Oh, I really appreciate like how they portrayed it, you know." Yeah. Not that it was, like I said, not that it was bad. It felt more like, (laughs) it felt more like watching the American version where I I was like, oh, I mean, both versions are going for this, but the American version, I was like, oh, this is like a children's fantasy, you know? So Uh. it it felt more like watching like, like something like The Hobbit, (laughs) you Mm. know, compared Mm -hmm. to like an epic fantasy or whatever. Mm. And it wasn't until like, um you know, understanding what the director's cut or the UK version were going for, um, that I was like, oh, this is, this is going for like, it is going for like a more epic type story. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. Sure. But it, it, both
0: versions are definitely like, you know, they're, they're somewhat, they're about innocence and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and they're both, they're intended for children, but it does have a dark uh element to it as well which is pretty cool
1: right I mean I think that the um it seems as though the other the European version um is just a little less cut and dry right like it's there's like (laughs) these characters who are kind of in love but like they aren't like having sex (laughs) whereas in like the United the, the U.S. version it's like oh they're probably like macking in the woods you know um and, yeah,, uh, and then there's parts where, I don't know, like there, there's just a little more nuance about like, you know, are how, I don't know, about their their relationship and about,, um, you know, about uh, darkness and what what his, uh, you know, motivations are, which, you know, in the, in the one that we watched, the first scene is like darkness has this sick ass monologue. And these fucking awesome, like green glow-in-the-dark nails and eyes, and is like, mm-hmm. I want. Uh, I'm lonely, basically, and is like, I'm lonely. But has, uh, but also is waxing poetic about uh unicorns and humans and their innocence, and kind mm-hmm. of kind of wanting to corrupt that. Um, and I think that in in the other version, he, darkness doesn't show up t- until. uh much much later, and there's like a big reveal. Uh, but I don't know. I, I really liked having having him set the tone. That was fucking sick. Yeah, <laughs> I think
0: that's a that's a W for the American version. Uh, hell I yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> and I don't know if you want to uh, talk about music or not yet, but I think that's another big W for the American version.
0: I'm, yes, I think I agree. You, let's talk. Yeah, we can talk about the music. I I do think, especially the type of movie the American version is where I feel like it is a bit more um uh mis- it's more mysterious, I think, and like weird. Yeah and I so I think the and I mean obviously music sets the tone in a lot of ways, so it's it's hard to say like the the music divorced from that. It it like basically the music fits that vibe way more compared to like we're talking about the the epic mm-hmm. sort of fantasy vibe but yeah so that's one element of it that we learned about from the video is that um the original score was done by uh jerry goldsmith who is uh one one of my favorite film composers of all time yeah. obviously because he's done a ton for uh star trek um he's done uh, Rambo Planet of the Apes it's it, he's done a, a crap ton of movies like you've probably everyone has probably seen like uh at minimum a dozen movies that he has scored uh he worked previously with uh Ridley Scott on the Alien score which is incredible
1: yeah it is
0: and i haven't heard i've only seen snippets of the scene but i would imagine the the ones i saw were awesome i would imagine his score is amazing for this movie yeah that's true but the movie uh it didn't test well and stuff like that and they wanted to to cut it down and they wanted to kind of make it more snappy like we said they move things around uh and in the video one thing they pointed out that i was like of course is that changing the music is one thing they do often because it's like it's relatively easy compared to anything else you know the you know, reshoot and eat. you have to like re-record music, which is you know, I don't want to say it's not hard, but obviously it's different than mm-hmm. having to like re-film and re-edit things from the movie. So they went from, uh, Ridley Scott or sorry, Ridley Scott and the studio went from having Jerry Goldsmith to Tangerine Dream Fuck in yeah. the U.S. version, who are like a they're an electronic music group uh from germany mm-hmm. that were founded in the 60s and they're still around actually yeah they're actually playing
1: um, in brooklyn I- I- this month <clears throat> i feel like maybe i should wow go. really <laughs> you should
0: i would love to go as well I-, I need to find out when i i loved the score of this version um i don't i'm not are you familiar with tangerine dream really i know they've I read they have gone through like many lineup changes, so I don't know. You know yeah. Still you know, it's around, funny but... because
1: I, uh, well, I was listening on Spotify and then um, like well, Spotify gave me some recommendation, you know, for concerts and they're like Tangerine dream. And I looked and I'd already followed them. And so I had just like picked up their music kind of along the way, probably as like <laughs> music that I write to or work to yeah. or whatever. Um, nice. And so they've, they've they've got good stuff. They've got good stuff, but I didn't quite recognize them by their by their name, I guess, or by any particular song. They're they're very vibes forward. <laughs> yeah, um, and they're 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 sick. They're awesome.
0: They've they've also done some other scores uh be- even before this, I believe they did Sorcerer and then they did uh Thief, which is uh a movie I'd like to do on here sometime. But Oh
1: yeah.
0: Uh especially now that knowing this there's going to be maybe some vibe connections but (laughs) yeah it the score I think really highlighted that's what made it feel even more like darker to me I think those sort of like um, synth tones and like the minor keys and stuff they were using do make it feel a little bit more like darker like in the video we watched uh, one of the hosts mentioned that it it reminded her of like doom metal and, and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it it does sound like something like that that gives like this kind of a, a feeling of like dread or something you know <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and it also um it like takes the movie out of the it takes the movie out of the like time and place of this like you know European western fantasy like it, it takes it out of of context a little bit that I feel is really cool. And it's like this juxtaposition um, with like kind of more Mm. modern sounds and modern themes and modern music. um, And it kind of connects it to the world that we currently live in, at least for me, like having this like synthy, you know, dissonant, you know, discordant music was really um, effective because it seemed to kind of connect my own, music taste and my own the sounds that I hear in everyday life to this story which is like clearly a fantasy setting like you know like can you imagine if like lord of the Rings had like a bunch of synth music that'd be so crazy yes, yeah yeah <laughs> um and so I I feel like it worked it really added um some some sort of like flair to the movie but I I can see that like it really does change the vision of what the film of what the film is because otherwise it's you know it's like a high fantasy like a classic uh you know epic tale it's kind of like comparing I don't know never-ending story to like labyrinth you know (laughs) never-ending story is like Mm -hmm. such a um you know like buttery classical tale and then labyrinth is like kind of gritty and like like nasty and silly you know yeah yeah. so i i think that the music does a lot of that heavy lifting too and you know it's no surprise because like labyrinth is one of my favorite movies (laughs) as a kid Mm -hmm. so um so yeah i i really liked the the tangerine dream work on this film but i i would like to see i would like to to see the other one in full to to get the full effect because no doubt it's awesome too
0: well that one also had um uh songs in it like singing.
1: Right. <laughs> which I think is cool. Diegetic. Uh, Diegetic that word has come <clears> up for <throat> me a couple of times on a recent uh Zelda Cast episode. Uh Oh. <laughs> uh, they talk about the music in uh, Tears of the Kingdom and uh, Duminal from Andy's Omega Metroid show came on. That's, there's so many crossovers, but anyway, he came over. Cause he's a big music guy, and he was talking about diegetic music, which is music that exists within the world of the of the movie or of the of the story. So it's like the characters themselves are like singing or playing music. So I, I mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool because then it's uh, then Legend is like a little bit of a not a musical, but music forward. That would be kinda cool.
0: Yeah, they're like it's mostly songs that uh Lily is that the character's name I think Lily so. sings. Yeah. Like, you know, just like singing to the unicorns and stuff like that. And I think it would add some uh whimsy to the movie <laughs> that currently it's less it's you know, it would make it a little less uh scary, I think, if she was singing.
1: That's true. Like, that oh, is true. This
0: is nice, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah with the, any anything else on the music I feel like yeah that is like that is such a key part of the vibe of this for it's sure true. I think actually it does like you were saying I think it does set it to me it puts it even more alongside some of those other movies just because it's so- like the soundtrack sounds very 80s so mm-hmm. like It it takes Legend out of almost being kind of like this timeless fantasy and it is like, it's an 80s (laughs) movie. Not that that's a bad, like, like people say like, oh, it's of its time. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. mean, I think it it does feel like 80s. "Quote unquote" in like a very cool way. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Now I haven't looked at the differences in the. I guess I could go- could Google this, but I, so I was listening to the Tangerine Dream soundtrack this morning as I was getting ready, and mm-hmm. um, the album cover is sick as hell. I mean it's, it's a it's if you haven't seen it, you should look it up. Oh,
0: is it with the? Uh, it's
1: it's with darkness, but darkness. It's not the same as. Um, the movies, the poster, poster, which is really cool, but darkness it's is kind so of sh- <laughs> shrouded. You can't quite see exactly who he is. In this one, it's just like kind of like almost like a like a cheesecake model shot of him with these like <laughs> okay. cool pants on, and he looks so awesome. Um, but I'm I'm sure that that is not the <laughs> like the the European version. Like it's. <laughs> it's just sort of it of its time like yeah it does sound a little bit um i don't know rude or like it it sounds degrading to the to to say that or something but i think that it's like i i I think it's actually like very very cool um i don't know and it's not just because i'm like a nostalgic person for the 80s because that's not really what it is i i just think i like seeing the Uh, As you said about our last movie, the human fingerprints, (laughs) the human fingerprints all over the movie. You can really see like where it, you know, how it, how it all came together and when it happened and like what the ideas of, you know, the, the fantasy story told in the 80s, the 1980s, you know, about what. What a lost, you know, fantasy age like would be like. I mean, it's all it's all important, right? It's all important to think yes. about what the what the context is and who's writing it and when, you know. So it's I, such a
0: cool like snapshot. Of yeah, time, really.
1: I think it's cool to be able to to see that pretty clearly. So anyway, check well, out check the out the soundtrack. <laughs>
0: we should talk about this poster because oh, I think it it's fucking awesome. Did inspire us to watch it on some. Well, how did you? Because I think I sent you this poster, like, months and months and months ago, because I just saw it on Twitter, I think, and I was like, fuck, I want to see this based on this alone. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Um, And then, but then you just watched it randomly, right?
1: mm -hmm. I watched it randomly because we somehow were talking about Tim Curry, and I was like, I want to watch more Tim Curry movies, because, like, I, I, um, like, what else has he been in besides, um... You know, I I don't I could only think of like obviously Clue, <laughs> Clue, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and um, um the it, Muppet, Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> Those are the ones I could think uh, of.
0: Home Alone Two.
1: So I kept thinking I was like, what well, what else? We anyway, we looked him up and we're like, what the fuck is this movie Legend? And um, mm-hmm. and that's how we found it. And we again saw the poster and we were like, okay, well we have to watch it. <laughs> we have to watch it yes, now.
0: I, the poster <laughs> is it's so sick so it another thing that's yeah it's just set really well the reason this one particularly brings like sets it in such a a time is that the poster is done by john alvin who did pretty much every uh poster (laughs) like you've ever seen from this time period yeah so he did i have a list here uh uh, not all every poster he's done, but you know he yeah. did E. T., Blade Runner, Ridley Scott, Gremlins, Oh Joe Dante, who we'll talk about, The Goonies, The Color Purple, Little Mermaid, Batman Returns, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Space Jam, Emperor's New Groove, Harry Potter, and Looney Tunes back in action. Also a Joe Dante movie. <laughs> um, he did also the anniversary poster for Star Wars. Fuck so, yeah! Very. Oh and Blazing Saddles was his first one which is like such that's such a iconic one too Absolutely. so like Absolutely. The 70s 80s 9 like not, like that It reminds me of like you know the just such a, like a very classic epic film.
1: That's so cool.
0: Poster, you know. Oh. Uh, so yeah, it, legendary design and it just really grabs you in. It, like it's the perfect poster cuz it's it's simple, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, but it's like dynamic. I don't know, it really yeah, draws you in.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It's so oh, it's so awesome. It's you got to... And it's it's funny because the poster is totally representative of the movie. Like you're, it's not like those posters where you're like, "Oh, that doesn't have you know, it's too vague or oh, it's yeah. kind of misleading." What's going on. It's like this is exact like this is what you're about to see, which is so fucking cool. <laughs> so what's
0: the what's the deal with um with Ridley Scott and like all these different versions of movies, because I remember that was that's also a thing with Blade Runner in that there's like there's like the theat like different versions and one version Harrison Ford does uh, dialogue because they thought people wouldn't know like he does a narration because mm. people thought they wouldn't know what's going on like what's up with that really is I, it,
1: it where where's Ridley he, Scott from is he from is he German he's British oh he's British okay.
0: Uh, yeah, he's British, right? Yeah, he's British. And so, I don't know, like, I, it might just be, like, because I know all all movies go through these phases of, like, different versions and different testing. Maybe it's just that he goes for having directors. Well, because, no, even before then, it was a d- different studio. So, I don't know. I just feel like we hear about it with mm-hmm. him more, but um it's probably not s- specific to him. Obviously, you do know. Do you
1: know a lot about the like audience testing thing? Because that seemed like that. I I. I had don't really forgotten. know. I mean, I know they. Should. <laughs> I'd forgotten that that's a thing at all. In yeah, in, it's in a in thing they do. So. Yeah.
0: Um. I, yeah. I don't really know, and I don't know the specific story with like, uh, Blade Runner or whatever. But I know you know they're like the last people like. You know, did everything make sense or whatever? So I, I don't know. Hmm. It, I don't know, but that that seems to happen a lot. Well, I don't know. I only have two examples, but they're back to back movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, that was his previous movie. Uh, but this is like he's uh, he's kind of like, at the top of his his game at this point because his previous two movies were. Alien and Blade Runner, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, uh, so and then
1: I, he made this movie, which was, like, total... It's a total departure, and it also seems like a pretty different audience than those two movies.
0: Well, that's that's actually the thing about him, and I've heard, like... I don't know, uh, even... One of my buddies actually was saying, like, Ridley Scott is, he, like, not a good director, and then Whoa. we are like... And he was, like, going on about... He's made, like, one good movie... Whoa, and I was a looking... hot
1: take. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or like to, I don't know, but I'm you know when you look over his filmography, it is actually kind of like weirdly, like all over the place, and there are some like, like pretty awful <laughs> movies I think in there, really, um, but it is it yeah I think it does, kind of speak to him like though like like he did like what was the, the Exodus Gods and Kings you remember that one?
1: <laughs> no, I don't.
0: That was like, uh, well, yeah, that, I remember that being really bad. Maybe, you know, maybe I should revisit it. Maybe I'll think it's cool, but I don't know. I feel like he just has an interesting, like, even if it's, I'm not even talking about quality. Like he's made like, uh, like Thelma and Louise is another big movie of his, obviously. I didn't
1: know he did Thelma and Louise. That's wild.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Gladiator. Um, you know that's another big one, but then I also think like he made uh, what's what's like a weirder one? that I can't. He did that like uh, what was it? The uh the Martian, the Matt Damon movie.
1: God, he's done. He's <laughs> like, done so many. He did Hannibal. Yeah.
0: Black Hawk Down, you know. Yeah. Look, this is like, crazy. He makes like a variety of types of movies. I guess he did
1: House say. of Gucci. That's... Yeah, the
0: same year that he did The Last Duel also. What's The Last Duel? So I think duel? that was cool. That's a movie with uh, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon. That's like a historical... I heard it's like Rashomon kind of. Huh, I haven't okay. actually seen it, but uh, I want to see it. It looks. It actually looks kind of badass, but...
1: Hell yeah. He's got... Yeah, this is such a strange filmography. I, I think that... I mean, I always think of him as doing Alien and Blade Runner. Um,
0: yeah. So people man, think of him because of that it's like he's like a sci-fi guy but yeah. it's like no he made uh he made a, a good year a romantic comedy with Russell Crowe <laughs> so and Thelma you know.
1: and Louise
0: yeah so he's I don't know I actually think he's uh he's great but <laughs> I don't know um it is weird it is just weird like his um I don't know I guess he's just uh he just has a lot of—I don't know—he that actually speaks to he can do a lot of types of things. I think most of those movies we discussed are pretty great.
1: Yeah. Well, I um I think also because I'm like a uh video game and like Metroid <laughs> fan and like Ridley. I mean, it, it is named after Ridley Scott, right? That's the that's the thing.
0: Uh, what's uh? Ridley. Oh. Is, Ridley's gotta the... be yeah. Me- Metroid, it. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know much about metroid I've beaten two of the games but yeah oh, wow, I think okay. you're right there I did not know that I'm, you, I'm working you, my way through you
1: got it you got to play them they're pretty awesome but anyway i uh, I haven't played that many uh, to be honest but ob- obviously I don't know this for sure because I was like what is this but um well he's it's it's based on alien obviously and uh so i I think that because i'm a a fan of Metroid and I think of Ridley as attached to very very much to like (laughs) to that franchise as well just the name Ridley and so he's just inextricably tied to that and so the thought of that person also being involved in Thelma and Louise is really crazy.
0: (laughs) Yes well so uh, for for those people who want to know more um, we have covered over on Omega Metroid on Andy's podcast Uh, even though I don't know much about Metroid he lets me on there and we have talked about (laughs) so far four of the alien the first four alien movies and in a lot of them uh andy goes into detail about it's it's definitely more in the from the earlier alien movies but how they did or possibly could have inspired metroid in various ways and we talk a lot about even if it's probably not intended we'll talk about He's got a lot of, like, thematic ties between the series and the movie. So anyone who is interested in that, there's we got a whole series. We'll probably do it. We got to do more. We're going to do all of them. That's so, so cool. Okay. I,
1: I didn't know that. I don't listen to the Metroid. I don't listen to Omega Metroid as much because I just haven't played a lot of the games. And I'm like, man, I don't want to, like, <laughs> listen to them and then have them be spoiled or whatever, you know, because I, I just don't. I don't think you will
0: because uh, as you, he probably said that fact about Ridley. Uh, and I don't remember <laughs>
1: so, Okay
0: I think it'll be alright All right, all right just be, It'll be like you know And then Mother Brain destroyed the something or other And you're like I don't know what that is <laughs> Baby you, you Metroid
1: I mean. blah blah blah
0: <laughs> Yeah I don't think there's anything uh, No offense to Metroid But I don't think there's anything to spoil It's, it's really about the vibe you know? uh,
1: Okay alright I like this I really like this y- You can take that to the <laughs> bank everyone <laughs>
0: So yeah really, Scott he, you know, he wanted to make a a classic fairy tale, which I think he succeeded in. Absolutely, um, it does have that kind of a classic fairy tale vibe. Um, I feel like we did talk about um the makeup, but we could maybe touch on that a little bit more.
1: We should definitely touch on that because that's uh one of the sta- like I I. I watched this movie thinking it would be maybe uh, kind of bad. <laughs> like this, uh-huh. like how like it's just such a crazy premise. This whole the whole thing, like why is Tom Cruise in this movie? Like uh, you know, Tim Curry as the devil, and it's a pretty. It's not really a well-known movie, and I'm not. I mean, I'm sure that there is a cult following, you know, but I. I haven't heard of it as like a cult classic kind of movie. Um I had never oh, okay. yeah, I had yeah. never heard of it in that context. So I was kind of like, okay, this is an unknown. <laughs> this is this is a wild card film. And as I was watching it, I was like it is it is uh, like astounding the set design and the costuming and the makeup. Like it is so fucking cool to watch. It's cuz there was no like computer stuff. Like if it, I think there was like some stop motion um animation for like oh uh, yeah, yeah certain parts of certain characters and stuff but like the the practical effects are so so fucking good. They're way better than plenty of other movies from the same time period. They're they're so for sure. like movies being made now wish that they could do this. For real.
0: Well, this this is another case of they've got someone well, we talked about Jerry Goldsmith. Um, uh, we've got another person, I think, of in that regard, in the special makeup effects department. Actually, I would probably say, I would probably argue this. Uh, you know, you can come at me. I don't know. I don't know who would say would, is better, but I think uh, <laughs> this is probably the best, uh, the best of greatest of all time. The goat uh, <laughs> is uh, Rob Botton and his company. Mm. Um, so he's done he's known for a lot of things um like uh Robocop total recall mm. basic instinct uh did david Fincher stuff in seven and Fight club um Inner Space, another Joe Dante movie um but I-, I didn't mention a few because they kind of lead into um uh, his career but his first big like like where he got noticed was doing it for the howling which is also a joe a joe dante movie um another just a great weird filmmaker from this time period and on but uh so he had done the howling and that's how he got noticed for this ridley scott wanted to work with him on this but he was already working on and i think this is the this is what seals the deal with this guy how you it's just you can't argue that he's the greatest is he was working on the thing. He did the oh, come on. makeup yeah. effects on the thing, which is just incredible. Um, but yeah, he was already like working on like The movie was in production. But he basically, uh, you know, he talked with Ridley Scott about doing this movie and what it was, and so, he, you know, and he thought, wow, I can make some really cool stuff in this movie. So basically, like right after the thing wrapped, he came over and did this so this is just like yeah he is coming off of another movie where he was like basically created some of the most memorable effects in in film and then came right to this and uh, you know this movie isn't talked about as much like Mm -hmm. you said but uh like a lot of this stuff is really impressive um for me, the number one thing is obviously for darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the darkness um, makeup and and effects is is so crazy.
1: It's so <laughs> fucking cool. He looks um he looks awesome. <laughs> he looks so so good. He's got these huge outsized like um like bull horns, um and his face looks so cool. And um, and it's so clearly Tim Curry in there. Uh, yes. Oh, uh, it's so, yeah. They've somehow preserved that it's Tim Curry, you know? Which is so, yeah, which is so fucking cha- cool. Yeah, even with, they
0: changed his voice too mm-hmm. and everything. And it's just like, I mean, I think that is uh, with him too. Like, just his talent mm-hmm. really shines through. He's like definitely, he's not even barely in this movie, but he's like really the star of the show, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Yeah, he, has, he doesn't have
1: very many. <laughs> minutes of screen time actually but he's absolutely the star of the show and you know partially because of like the makeup and you know who he is and whatever but like his performance is fucking dynamite he's so good
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know who else. I think um, that was I think pretty much who they wanted him to be so I and I don't I couldn't see I just can't, I can't imagine a better version of this.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely not. But I, and I also will say, (laughs) speaking of the acting, um, Mia Sarah, this is her like first, I don't know if it's her first one, but it's like her breakout. I think it is like her first movie. And Mm -hmm. it's, she is the principal. Like I would say she's the main character and Tom Cruise is kind of the, the hero that ends up, um, You know trying to save her you know and i think Mm -hmm. that it it mostly focuses on her and her character development uh instead of his like he's pretty uh straightforward
0: i I do think like he has that more in the original and i think after the changes like she is just kind of left to be like her stuff actually she's made more interesting in the in the American version I think has that line about like I I don't do it for your pleasure or whatever she says Mm -hmm. but um, in the you know in the original uh, Jack or whatever had sort of a bit more I think character development you know it goes from Mm. whereas in this they tried to make him as as that one video describes like just like a warrior like from the get go you know just like a brave unswitching guy so he's, I he's but the I, link. I do agree with you for sure though he's yeah. the link yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no it's true there were a couple of little parts you know for both of their characters that I think um that were cut from the American version because as Ridley Scott says Americans are dumb uh and I quote <laughs> and, and they he,
0: don't want our heroes to be
1: soft yeah and he like <laughs> there's a like I don't know one or two lines where he would like he like lies like he says something someone asks him like did you do this and he's like no 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 I didn't and um and then they like press him and he's finally like okay okay I did it um and that's cut from the American version and that's just a small example of like a little bit of like nuance and friction and character development that's that's absent from um from this version and similarly for her um she is uh blamed for and she blames herself for like making this mistake of like approaching the unicorns um and in the American version it's an accident right like I kept being like well it's not her fault why does she feel so bad like they were the ones who like shot the unicorn and who cares you know but in the original (laughs) in the director's cut and everything like Tom Cruise is like seriously like don't go over there like you're going to like attract attention to them and she's like basically like I don't I'm doing it it's anyway. It's
0: really just like a look that <laughs> yeah. is well conveyed. But she, well, I think she does say, "I don't care" at some point. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, uh, she, yeah, she, she's she, basically she, like, "Fuck you, I'm gonna do it." <laughs>
1: yeah, she's uh, she's impulsive and like she just doesn't care. And that again, like suddenly the movie makes way more fucking sense <laughs> because mm-hmm. because she like had the the fork in the road and she chose to do it even though it was like a bad idea. Anyway. All of this is to say that I think that also part of why her she seemed like the principal was because she was like acting her fucking face off. Like she was doing, she did such a good job. She it just reminded me of like I don't know, like doing theater and like theater and speech in like high school, which is like the exact age that she was, and like just really feeling like you're fucking nailing it, you know? And like, she was doing such a good job and it was so, yes. it was so fun to watch her in this movie. Well, and she got a
0: great, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No,
1: no. I, well, I was going to say that my friend after watching it was like, man, I bet she was like, I'm going to be a star. I, and Tom Cruise is going to fade away into obscurity. <laughs> <And then laughs> the exact opposite happened.
0: Well, yeah. Well, he, he, what can you say? He's a legend now. But um, <laughs> with she got, uh, this is not to take away, she got put in, I think, uh, well, she got put in a role that I think could be intimidating is she basically had to go up against Tim Curry, you know, so I yeah. think that that definitely puts you in like a, a position where like you you definitely got to deliver the goods for sure, but uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely more, I think there's more uh, I don't know, there's a bit more intensity that you can get out of that, where like half the time, Tom Cruise is talking to an elf, you know, <laughs> so it's like he, I don't know, I feel in,
1: no, there are no small parts, only small actors I think that, that Tom Cruise could have done way more with this than he did I just don't think he was as good of an actor at the time yeah
0: no, 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 I mean, yeah, this is what he had done uh, risky business yeah. <laughs> at this point. Yeah. But this is pre, you know, he, well, <clears throat> and this is, this is because early on in his career through the 80s and 90s, he basically made it a point to work with different directors. And, mm-hmm. you know, he really, I think he actually did really kind of like challenge himself. As an actor, that's cool, and show off his diversity, and and compared to now where he the, I mean I mean I I fucking love the movies he's making now, but it's basically <laughs> with the same guy who he's like basically like co directing with, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's now very much in control of his brand, and he's doing mm-hmm. like the Tom Cruise thing, whereas like this time you will see him do sort of different types of movies, you know, he went from this to uh, Top Gun and, you know, all the way by the end of the 90s, he was in Eyes Wide Shut, you know, so he was just like all over the place. Um, So I think that's a credit. That's a credit to him for sure.
1: Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But
0: Yeah, he's talking to an elf the whole time. (laughs) Who and this elf and some dwarves and this
1: elf who I was absolutely convinced and I was not that drunk or high as I was watching this. But I was absolutely convinced that this elf was Frankie Munez. and I was like, "This can't be right." This, like, Frankie Munez wasn't no, even born that's at the not time. Not Frankie this <laughs> It looks shockingly like him. So just you know, if you watch it, keep an eye out. <laughs> do
0: you know do you know who else was considered for Tom Cruise's part for Jack? Tell me. Uh, they had, well, I don't know. Do You want to guess? <laughs> I feel like you could probably guess some.
1: I don't. Uh. mm, I don't know if. I, let me think here. For I'll a second. say
0: one you wouldn't guess. Okay. First, and this will give you some time to think because I think the other two. Okay. Are like, like, ob, like, just like, oh yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Hell yeah. I feel like that could have been a totally different and equally sick movie.
0: The other ones, though, I think fit better along Tom Cruise. If you're thinking like teen heartthrob, I guess I don't
1: know. Um, uh, Kevin Bacon. Nope.
0: Uh, okay. so it was that's uh, a pretty good guess. Got... River Phoenix. No, that's that's a good. Uh, no, no, you're in the right territory though. Matthew Broderick. Definitely... Nope. Fucking a. <laughs> like, wow, these are all good ideas though. Matt Dillon. No. <laughs> you're all gonna right. kick I, yourself here. I, I give up. <laughs> there, uh, Johnny Depp. Oh. and Ro- Robert Downey jr
1: damn it <laughs>
0: <laughs> I loved all your guesses so oh my that was God. a fun that was a fun podcast. game. <laughs> um you know they probably been good too actually I think Tom Cruise is kind of the best uh choice here because I think part of uh I don't know he just seems a little like what <laughs> what's going on yeah <laughs> but I think uh he just has that he does have that kind of uh Dumb innocent face? look, I don't know. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, that's yeah, a dumb, nice... dumb, face.
1: That's a nicer way to say it—an innocent look versus a dumb face.
0: Yeah, he has a dumb face. <laughs> um oh, shit. How about actually? I want to mention one of the other because he's got kind of a little fellowship he is. Yeah. Uh, traveling around with, and there's one guy who um, I I knew who he was right. Well, I saw his name in the opening credits, but I was like. Uh, specifically a guy that stood out to me was uh billy bardie who uh plays uh he plays one of the like dwarfs or whatever oh okay uh this guy has just he has like a you know, like insanely long film career going back to like the 20s um Whoa, cool yeah and he also i believe he's he founded um yeah, he founded a an activist group that I don't know much about but called Little People of America. Oh. And he was like a big activist. I think that's so. like
1: a big... I think that's a... Like if he was one of the people who founded it, I think that's a pretty big yeah. thing.
0: Which has 2023 more than 75,000 members. Holy it was the shit. first North American organization for little people. That's so cool. Um,
1: I didn't... I had no idea. That's really awesome that he was one of the people who helped start it.
0: Yeah, so he... Has like this uh, super long career, but one of the most memorable uh, movies for me as a kid that he was in was he played in, he played Noodles Macintosh in the Weird Al movie, UHF. <laughs> he, was, he was the camera, he was the, ca- it was kind of a joke, but he was the cameraman Hell for yeah. their news organization. Uh, and yeah, I don't know, he's just like such a memorable. Like, a lot of the guys who we point out on this show are just, like, these really memorable uh, character actors. Yeah. And, yeah, just uh, another... I don't know. There's a lot of um, legendary folks in this movie.
1: So fucking cool.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking of that type of thing and the effects, I briefly want to... There's a lot, actually, to get into with just this one scene from the movie where... Uh, Jack encounters uh, Meg Mucklebones. <laughs>
1: oh fuck yeah! Uh,
0: which is, which is a scene that's completely different, and it's one that that's one actually that really stood out to me. That I was like, there's there has to be more to this or something. Mm-hmm. But basically, he encounters this uh, uh, bog witch, <laughs> I would say, who wants yeah. to eat him. Yeah, and. Yeah then he just sorta which looks amazing. It's just such amazing uh practical effect, obviously. But um it's dispatched of like almost right away. It just like cuts her head off. Yeah. And I guess that's cause in the original he he sort of like has to like first try to like talk his way out of it. You know, and there's sort of this idea of he he's trying to Well, he's scared, he's afraid, he's he's not someone to act upon like violent instincts he's not a warrior you know and mm-hmm. so they felt like let's change it and uh you know he's just gonna chop off her head right away
1: mm-hmm. yeah in both
0: a- it's such a small scene you know and it's mm-hmm. it really is it's just he goes like oh i did it you know and it's it it they both happen very quickly like you know what i mean but it's like i think that little extra bit makes the scene feel more complete
1: yeah yeah well and it also felt uh I mean the movie you know ran at a pretty clipped pace but that was like it it's like I just wanted to look at her more <laughs> you know I wanted to see this uh the practical effects a little bit more because she is I mean in both versions it's only if like a couple seconds really of screen time mm-hmm. um and yeah I mean I was it it course reminded me of Labyrinth you know the bog of eternal stench I'm like ha- in the 80s in the fantasy <laughs> movies everybody was just getting into bogs all the time there were bogs everywhere oh I
0: <laughs> I was really afraid of bogs yeah
1: bogs and quicksand after
0: Lord, Lord of the Rings actually too
1: oh yeah <laughs> that was that's now that is a scary bog way worse than the bog of eternal stench <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but I can't not also mention that uh, Meg uh, was played by the great Robert Picardo, who's like eating it up in this role. Uh, <laughs> he's got a long career in television and, and film as well, uh, but for um, for us in our house, you know, he's most known as the Doctor in Voyager, who's basically uh, the best character on that show, or like in the top in the top of the principal cast. I mm-hmm. think he's he's. He, I mean, he really, he's... There's always every um, Star Trek has, like... Well, they do it to all the actors, but they, ha- they have, like, the intentionally very, like, bizarre character. They're usually, like, some type of alien, or in his case, um, an AI. Or, like, he's a hologram, you know, so he's sort of like an AI. So they, he, they often get tasked with doing more, even outrageous things, because all types of weird things can happen to these characters. So Ooh, yeah. he... Um, he was, you know, it's funny because his character is like, you look at him and he's just such like a plain guy, like Mm -hmm. looking, you know what I mean? Looks like a normal dude, but then his character goes bonkers at times, and that's kind of the fun thing about it, but if you you look uh, at his filmography, uh, this is where I'm going to bring Joe Dante back in. He has a long history of playing absolute freaks in Joe Dante <laughs> films, <laughs> absolute uh, freaks. <laughs> he was in uh, the Howling uh, Explorers, which I I showed you. Uh, multiple multiple movies have the same effects. So mm. he's he's basically getting in the same guy's uh, uh uh makeup here. But he's also in Inner Space, The Burbs, Gremlins 2, Matinee, Small Soldiers, and Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> um, Fuck yeah! Just typically playing a complete. Freak.
1: Uh, <laughs> Complete freak. <laughs>
0: and so it's sad because, uh, oh, he's also in um, uh, Total Recall. But anyway, he mm. plays such a small, like, short part here, but he's so he's so awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. Yeah, he's one of those unsung heroes almost.
1: Totally. Yeah. And it feels like a little bit of a casualty of the editing process, you know, uh, something that ended yeah. up on the, the cutting room floor, even though it was so... Um, Because as we were mentioning, like the practical effects are really, are really cool, but there aren't a lot of like creatures in the movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> in, no, it, not really. In the same way that a lot of these other, uh, well, you know, s- some of these other ones were like Jim Henson movies. Um, so yeah, there there's no pu- a, puppetry. A lot of yeah. Puppets and creatures and stuff. And this one didn't have that, but it did have, I mean... It had the little the little gang of elves, but they didn't have like extensive makeup really, just like a little a little bit little fake beards or whatever. Um,
0: it's still you know what it still probably took like forever. Oh, to I'm sure because so. it looks, but... <laughs> it, looks cause it looks awesome,
1: but it's not a it's not a creature feature, you know. Um, Apart yeah. from darkness and um, Meg the Bog Witch, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, I will say Darkness's, like, kind of crew baddies. Like, it was more, like, guys in, in makeup, not puppets. But they, they. I mean, they reminded me of, like, the Power Rangers, like, henchmen. You oh, know. Hell all, yeah. Like, they reminded me of the very... orcs.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, yeah. Well, there was one that had, like, he looked like a, like a freaking robot almost, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, that was, uh... <laughs> I don't know. Is there any, As for the cast? Um. Oh, there was that weird fairy. I can't. Remember. What was I up with that? The
1: the fairy who <clears throat> who reminded me of a little bit of a. What's her name? Is her name Sprite from? Uh...
0: But yes, I said <laughs> I said that out loud. And watch it. I was like, this is just like the Zelda cartoon. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It reminds <clears throat> me a lot of that. Extremely
0: horny for the yes. main guy yes. for some reason. <laughs> Horny for the main
1: guy to a fault because she then like kind of fucks over like, uh, it uh, does she really, or does she just sort of pretend to? But th- there's some issue where she's like, unless you make it, unless you kiss me, like I'm not going to let you out of here or something like that, which I was like, damn, that's a total Sprite move. That uh, yeah. is a Sprite move for sure. <laughs> um.
0: How about the uh, – we didn't really talk about the sets, but the sets themselves are, are pretty awesome.
1: The sets are, are so awesome. I um, There's a lot of – so the whole movie is, like, caked in glitter. I just want to say that off the bat. Just glitter all and over bubbles. the place. Glitter, <laughs> bubbles, and a lot of snow. Not snow yes. everywhere, but a ton of snow. And I I kept thinking. I was like, man, this is the – this is the time when like all these people were just inhaling like fiberglass <laughs> like from this snow yeah, right. without at all like <laughs> without without any consequence for doing this um and like i'm sure that they were all so fucking hot in this s- snow that was all over the place because they're all kind of like a little bit shiny and like <laughs> glowy sweaty. and they're just sweaty just sweaty um <laughs> But yeah. yeah, it looked awesome. I mean, it looked so fucking cool. Like glitter, snow, bog, fire, uh, dirt. <laughs> it's just, it looked, and then a lot of uh, woodsy, woodsy scenes.
0: Well, that, that I think added to it too, because you had all that. But then also the forest, Um, like they, they shot it all on a soundstage. So they built this massive forest set. So it like has this feeling. I think there was a quote. Um. Oh yeah. Uh. Ridley S- Scott said all the pitfalls of shooting exteriors on a soundstage. We knew that whatever we did would look absolutely real, but would very quickly gain its own reality and dispense with any feeling of theatricality. Mm. And uh, I I th- I kind of agree with what he's saying about the pitfall, but I think it adds to sort and then on to throw in the snow glitter and bubbles, and it <laughs> does feel like this very otherworldly thing you know it doesn't feel it like yeah i don't know it feels like yeah like a a, a fantasy yeah <laughs> I guess it you feels could say. like a yeah.
1: like a dream you know like it's it mm-hmm. feels like it has because it's on a soundstage i think like it, it feels enclosed you know like there aren't a lot of scenes of like big sweeping horizons you know except for maybe the end where he like runs into the sunset which is yes. also on a soundstage like the whole movie feels um like you're kind of in this maze a little, you know, or you're in like a grove of trees or a little pond or, um, or like a a long hallway in a big dungeon, you know, it's, it's all very, it feels very enclosed. Um, and I noticed that when I was watching it because it felt dreamlike in that way where in dreams you're kind of, you know, never really sure where the edge is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I clocked that while I was watching it and I thought that was really I-, I liked it a lot. And it also made it feel a little bit more childlike in some way. Like, it felt like the world was um, a little bit, like, smaller. But um, they had to kind of fight their way out of it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And it, they did want to, I believe, uh, shoot at Yosemite. I think they were. They, you can see it <laughs> in the movie. They were inspired by, like, the big-ass trees there. Yeah. Um trees and,
1: and jumping into ponds and shit from little like cliffs and stuff.
0: But it did. I think they did get that type of setting across really well. Yeah. Um, we did. We did see in that one video the set they they built was on the. Uh, <clears throat> it was on the uh, 007 stage where they you know do a lot of uh, James Bond films as, mm-hmm. as well as other things. They they've they have done even uh, other. Uh, fantasy uh type films there but uh yeah it's a very legendary uh shooting location but i think we saw didn't didn't like catch on fire yeah it burned production. down they, it fucking they burned did it, like down. rebuild it yeah <laughs> yeah it was rebuilt the same year yeah so um nice job <laughs> They yeah, uh, really bounced back
1: a lot of uh a lot of like kind of weird stuff happened in the making of this movie <clears throat>
0: yeah yeah it had a really roller coaster, I think uh yeah,
1: it's not really troubled, right? It's not like, oh, like all this fucked up stuff kept happening, but it was just like it was like one thing after another after another, uh, yeah, it felt pretty like like based on what we what we learned about it. It just seemed like tons and tons of weird shit, weird shit kept happening,
0: <laughs> but uh i yeah, I think all those elements really. I don't know. it came together and I think quite a memorable and uh I don't know. A, a legendary movie. I keep making that bad connection, but that's what comes to my mind. Um, <laughs> uh, any any other thoughts you had on the movie?
1: I don't think so. I just I um I loved it. Totally unironically, I love it for what it is. I love it for what it is not. <laughs> um there's just so much awesome stuff about this about this movie, and it's just it's so cool. It's so like I I I know that you often feel this way about stuff where you're like I I hate when people say that like good movies are bad just because they're like old or different, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I agree with you, you know, and of course, but I really felt it so acutely with this film. I was like, this movie whips ass. It's so good. And um, it like tanked at the box office and... um and reviewed poorly as And well. reviewed poorly. <laughs> and I can understand... It's not like... It, I see that it's not like, uh, you know, an amazing work of fiction, right? It's pretty badly written in many ways. But it's yeah so cool and so fun to watch. And I just think it's like... It just... One of those movies that makes you love movies, you know.
0: It was, um yeah, I think it. It's it's one of those ones. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't compare it to like you know, Lord of the Rings or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I I almost like agree with like the people in the video we were watching were in that they had like these warm feelings of nostalgia for it. Like um, I almost have that same feeling, even though I never watched it before. Yeah. Uh, just because it i think yeah like the thing of being of its time and nostalgic it just it does have that element of um well what you said before of like you watch it and you can see all the people we mentioned in it who were working on it you can see all of their like work on display and it's it's really impressive and it you know like we make all these connections but um it, it just really shows off, I guess, how collaborative and cool like movies are mm-hmm. in that sense. Cause Absolutely. You, everyone kind of leaves their mark <laughs> in all these different ways. And I don't know, you see it attempt to touch on certain themes and feeling, convey feelings. And those, I don't know, I watch it and those come across to me and I'm impressed by the craftsmanship on display. And so it's hard not to, no, oh, it's hard not to be charmed by it. I wonder if there's things about movies being made now that we uh we don't appreciate as mm-hmm. much that we might appreciate in the future when things like things are different cuz I even saw that in um oh, I was looking at um uh the Roger Ebert <laughs> reviews of it and he was like, "Yeah, you know, it's great makeup and special effects," which I think it was uh nominated for an Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. But um he was like, it can't save itself from, like, being a movie. It was no clear idea of its own mission, no joy in its own accomplishment. <laughs> uh, but then I saw that it says with, with the director's cut release uh, that he said he agreed with many fans on how it was intended to question the balance between good and evil and gives the main characters moral flaws to display the imperfections of humans. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if, like, that's an element, too, like... If just as time passes I think like you could, like I wonder I'm just thinking like are there other movies now like in the moment that we don't appreciate and then later we'll look back and be like yeah I have that all the time where I'm like oh actually this does like you know it does have some uh, like a lot of redeeming qualities and it does like have an important thing that it's conveying to me you know I don't know sure
1: yeah yeah,
0: we'll see. I guess, and it also <laughs>
1: makes me want to go watch like all these other '80s fantasy movies and play some D and D and like do all that stuff that was like a big deal in the <laughs> in the in the mid '80s that people were freaked out about the Satanic Panic. You know, like people probably did not mm-hmm. like this movie if they were uh yeah true if they were true. concerned about you look at the cover Satanism.
0: <laughs> you see your little children being corrupted. Hell yeah. Well, um, I guess yeah. we should um yeah, it was a great movie. We sh- we should let everyone know what we're going to cover next and we've we've we decided to shake things up cuz we we're looking we we're looking at our, you know, what we've done before, what we've got coming up and I I was sort of thinking, you know, yeah, it's cool to like have our people we go back to and stuff. Obviously, I want to watch more of some of the People we've already watched, but I don't want to. You know, we gotta diversify. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we decided we're just gonna, we're just gonna pick whatever we want, and we're gonna take turns. So it's so I feel like, it sort of gives you like, it gives the show less of uh stuff it has to be on the hook for. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. sort of like, pick a movie. There's no, there's nothing, no strict things. We no, have strings to talk about no strings <laughs> attached. No strings attached. We did talk about, we wanted to also, we've only covered like movies from four different decades, um, yeah. and we wanted to go back and, and go farther. Cause there's movies that whip from all over, but I'm picking next and I was going to do that, but then it, it, this episode made me, uh, go turn a different direction. So we're not going, <laughs> we're, we're doing another eighties movie Hell for yeah. our next one. Um. So yeah, while I while I wanted also, I, we also are not doing like we have to do a specific theme for any month. But October is really like you can't not watch it. Fuck yeah, <laughs> a horror movie, right? So I wanted to, and we'll we'll come back to it. I wanted to do. Um, I had picked an older horror movie to cover, but uh, this episode has led me to believe that we need to talk about. The Howling <laughs> from 1981. Sick! I've, nev- by I've never Dante. seen it. I've never seen um, it. <laughs> because it's just like there were so many connections and all these things that I was like, it just felt like the sequel to this episode in a weird way, even though it's not, you know?
1: Hell yeah.
0: So we're going to see some similar actors, some similar design or people designing, but yeah, a, a different, you know, obviously a much different film, so. Oh, you do howling I'm howling for... I am
1: so stoked I'm so stoked also this movie poster also whips ass. I just looked it up um, yes. i can't oh, it's, it's i so I've been cool. big on on horror uh horror movies recently and horror TV shows so this is this is exciting it is officially that time of year. we're allowed to get spooky now unapologetically. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is a pretty. It's I. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's very, it's pretty wild. It um. So I think, I don't know. I guess we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see fuck how it
1: goes. Yes, fuck yes.
0: Um, uh. It and you know what? It also, well, okay, we'll get into it. But there's some more. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a specific guy who's like one of those guys. That I I don't know if he's come up before, but I'm excited to. You'll know. You'll know when you see him. All right. Um, Okay. So, uh, other than that, yeah, check out, you got to go check out our other feed if you want to keep listening. Check it out. Talk about the howling. It's going to be cool. We'll be on Blue Sky soon. We'll check (laughs) in next month and see if we're there. Uh, I should have a code soon. Other than that, um, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. And, of course, stay cool.
1: Stay cool. Legends can be now and forever Loved by the sun